Welcome to The Sage and the Song, an archetypal exploration on life, love, and leadership. I'm Britta Greenviolet, singer, songwriter, creativity mentor, and conscious leadership coach. The stories we tell about our lives shape our lives, and I'm here in service of rewriting the script, crafting a new narrative where it's needed, and liberating your mind, body, heart, and voice to express the fullness of your unique medicine. Hey, hey, friend. Welcome back to The Sage and the Song. Britta Greenviolet here with a rather perhaps unsettling invitation for you today. You ready for it? I invite you to become a better quitter. How's that land for you? (laughs) So we are officially in the season of autumn, which feels really exciting to me. And I am stepping in and embracing the archetype of this season in, I think, a deeper and newer way than I ever have. And One reason for that is definitely because I just launched my new signature group mastermind offering, which is called Metamorphosis. And we are officially one month in with an incredible group of creators and artists and healers and entrepreneurs. And inside of the container of this 10-month mastermind journey, I am taking everyone into really a archetypal lens through which we can see our work and our body of work and how we work and how we live and love and lead in the world. And so I am digging deep in myself right now as I'm putting together a lot of content for the archetype of autumn. And okay, what is it that we focus on in autumn if we are really devoting ourselves to living and loving and learning and leading through a mythic earth-based lens. And one of those pieces, when I think about autumn, is release. It is release. It is letting go, right? If we think in terms of the earth, archetype of autumn, autumn is not a time where a lot of stuff is growing, right? Autumn is a time, well, that's not exactly true because there are definitely still vegetables. There's definitely harvest. Harvest season is certainly happening. And yet the leaves are falling off the trees, right? The earth is starting to make its way toward becoming more barren. And so... When I felt into the archetypes of autumn, I think about Kali. (laughs) Kali with her sword, who is the the destroyer, right? The way shower. Uh, I think about Ganesha, the the remover of obstacles. So I think about the, the symbol of the sacred sword. And and really the the archetype of of the destroyer, right? Destruction which is one of the three primal universal energies. We have creation, 
we have maintenance or sustenance, and then we have destruction. And often I think destruction really freaks us out. It freaks people out to lean into that energy. And yet we need it. We need that downward moment of rest and respite and repose. We need a time where we trim the fat, where we prune the dead limbs so that next spring we can burst forth with new life in a more enlivened and radiant and vibrant way. So how does this factor in to becoming a better quitter? <laughs> well, quitting really speaks to that energy of laying it down, right? Walking away, closing the door. And again, often I think this, this act of quitting, of saying no, of closing the door, of taking things off our list rather than adding more on our list is demonized. And it can feel like, oh, if you're a quitter, what does that say about you? That says that you don't have integrity, that says that you're not disciplined, that you're not devoted, right? There's all these stories. And, and certainly, like, there are times to not quit, right? And there are times to become a better quitter. I have a really incredible theta healer in my life who I have been doing sessions with every other month. And I think of her as a friend. I think of her as a psychic and an energy worker. And who knows what what she's actually doing. I have no idea what she's doing, but what I do know is that she's incredibly gifted. And when we have sessions, she breaks out like the light, the just the the lantern of truth and shines it in my face. <laughs> and then I get to take it in. And fortunately, we laugh a lot because she delivers a lot of truth medicine to me. And I so appreciate it. And in one of our last sessions, one of the things she said to me was, so what I what I'm picking up for you is that you have a very strong story of I need to make this work. I'm just, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make it work. Like, what's the problem? I'm just, I'm going to make it work. And she is the one who said, you know, maybe things aren't working because they're not working. And maybe you don't need to make it work. Maybe you need to become a better quitter. And that phrase made me guffaw in laughter and I immediately wrote it down and thought that's becoming a podcast episode. <laughs> ah, so let's get into it. She's not the first person who uh, who is a wise, wise being in my life who has talked about quitting. One of my other mentors, Monica Shaw, uses this really great diagram called the cycle of quitting. And the cycle of quitting is a circle. It is a cycle, of course. It is cyclical, which means that you don't do it once. It means that you're always on it somewhere in the cycle. And it actually reminds me a lot of the hero or heroine's journey. 
And I really see if you know, if you're familiar with the hero or the heroine's journey, uh, you can kind of see the cycle of where you where you begin, you know, comfortable and in your comfort zone and in your nest at home. And then you journey from home and you, you find out the world wasn't what you thought. And then you start facing evils, right? You start facing suffering and ultimately you find yourself in the underworld and I sort of equate the underworld with quitting and then in her cycle of quitting right once you allow yourself to quit and same with the underworld once we allow ourselves to die to be fully taken by grief whatever it is right to fully surrender to the experience then there can be relief, and then there can be renewal, and then there can be refreshed freshness, right? This fresh infusion of energy and motivation and excitement. And then ultimately, you know, we find ourselves back at the top of the cycle where we're ready to start again. So again, being a quitter has a very harsh connotation. We we put a lot of judgment on it and we're quick to judge it. We are quick to judge ourselves and others for being a quitter. And I feel like this is a very clear reflection of our society, which really welcomes in striving, um, toxic, ambitious energy where it is literally better to die than to quit. And yet... How many times can you recall in your life when you gave yourself permission to quit something and when it was clearly the righteous, most benevolent, highest and best decision, not just for you, but for all parties involved? So here's a few examples Leaving an unhealthy or toxic relationship. Leaving a relationship that has run its course. And we probably all know what it looks like to either be that person or to see a friend of ours stay in a relationship that is unhealthy for way too long. Oh, that is so hard to watch. It's so hard to watch and to witness, right? Another example, leaving a job, leaving a job where you have become stagnant, disengaged, not in your zone of genius, feeling underpaid, under, undervalued, underappreciated, or not challenged, right? Feeling like you are, you are stagnant, you're neutral, you're plateaued, and then just staying there in your comfort zone. And perhaps another example would be abandoning a path of possibility that we really thought was the thing, right? That, that this is the thing. This is the thing that I am. I know I'm supposed to do this thing. I know I'm supposed to be with this person. I know this, like we know <laughs> for some reason, we think we know exactly what needs to happen. And then clearly it turns out to not be that thing. So all this to say that there is a push and there is a pull. <laughs> and sometimes throwing in the towel is the 
obvious thing to do, right? Throwing in the towel is, I mean, maybe it isn't even the obvious thing to do, but it is it is the best thing to do. It is the actually the best course of action. And I find for myself, I am in a season which doing this in autumn is a really beautiful time because I'm merging with the energy of the season to change my mindset around thinking and around this, uh, how, how I am grokking this idea of becoming a better quitter. And what would it look like for me to give myself more full, deeper permission to say no, right? To say no when the answer is no, even if I've already begun, right? There is a term in Chinese called Wu Wei, and maybe you've heard of Wu Wei. If you haven't, there are many... Um, many videos of wise people and <laughs> teachers talking about it on the internet and on YouTube. Highly recommend you check it out. And Wu Wei, as I understand it, basically means not forcing. It talks about, uh, I, I always think of water, I think of a river when I think of Wu Wei. So Wu Wei is, it is the way of not forcing. It is the way of fluidity. And I want to say that it's not about laziness. It is actually about wise discernment. It's about watching the current around us and choosing to flow, right? Choosing to be pulled by the current rather than trying to push against it. It's about choosing to partner with ease rather than to fight against the forces, and there are, again, certainly times for staying the course, right? There are times for sticking with it and seeing it through and being in integrity with our word and with our actions, right? There are times for a battle. There are. I think about the Bhagavad Gita, right, which is a classic uh, Hindu Indian story that lands us in this in this beautiful like very intense uh, sort of still moment in time on a battlefield with really the 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 lower self talking to the higher self and it's this reckoning with mission with purpose with presence right so there are times for staying the course there are times for battle. There are times for resistance, right? There are times to have an uncomfortable conversation. There are times to stay present and engaged for loving navigation of conflict in the world and in our relationships. And there are times when we simply need to become a better quitter. I'm so curious to hear how this resonates for you. And I want to offer a few little stories for me of places where I decided to throw in the towel, places where I finally succumbed to, to becoming a better quitter. So the first is 
that when I was launching my singing course for the second time, the very first time I launched it, it was called Holistic Singing. Now it's called Heart Song. And this is my signature six-week singing course. And after I launched it the first time, the first time was a fabulous success. It was, the signups were amazing. It was the biggest launch I had ever had. I had amazing feedback. I had so much fun creating the curriculum. It was just awesome. And then I attempted to launch it again later that year, maybe six months later. And I didn't have many signups. And so it happened that I ended up in the middle of an episode that was PTSD and anxiety attacks. Okay, so this is a longer, deeper story. I'm not going <laughs> to go all the way into why that was happening. But basically, I was attempting to launch this program. And along with not having very many people sign up for it, I started having anxiety, I started having these physical symptoms of trauma showing up in my body. Ooh, and it was really challenging, right? And it was a reckoning for me of, first of all, listening to my body, Second of all, listening to the feedback from my community and not putting so much stock in the calendar and what I had planned, right? Like putting it all on my plans rather than hearing the current, rather than hearing the river's song and allowing it to travel at its own proper divine pace. So I ended up pulling the plug on that whole launch. I just quietly pulled back all my emails and like snuck off with my tail between my legs and, you know, went through a whole healing process through the rest of that year. And actually the whole next year, it was such a deep process for me. And yet I, when I look back in retrospect, I'm so glad that I didn't try and muscle through and force that course when it obviously was not the right time. Another example is a much more recent example, which is that I signed up to take this really fabulous book writing course from one of my other mentors. And I signed up because I really wanted to write my new my next book. I've had this idea for my next book. I've had so many ideas for next books, but I had this one idea for this next book. I even have the title. It's like all there in my brain and I've got all these notes in my Evernote and I was like ready to go. And I really wanted to take this course with this woman. And yet when I looked at the timing for the course, it was obvious to me that like this was not the right time of year. Because I really value planning through the lens of nature, right? This is, this is the whole, this whole piece around what I'm teaching in my mastermind and what I'm really embodying in my own work right now is mirroring the patterns of nature that I don't need to remake the wheel. I can look outside and see what Mother Earth is doing and let her rhythms guide me. And this course for writing a book happened to be in the summer, at the end of the summer into fall. And at the time, 
I knew it. When I looked at the dates, I knew it. I knew that summer into fall was not the time that I wanted to write a book. I mean, I live in the Pacific Northwest. It rains such a big part of the year and summer is totally glorious. That is not when I want to be inside spending a bunch of time on the computer writing a book, right? And yet I overrode my intuition and my gut around the timing. Mm. You know, I, I developed a whole uh, course, which I'll probably offer again live. You can find it on my website now as a self-study. It's called Luminous Life Design, and I'll probably offer it again in the winter. But it is all about planning with the seasons, earth-based planning, right? And I can tell you right now that I will always choose to write a book in late autumn or winter than in any other season where I'm likely to want to be outside, right? Just like, oh, steeping in the beauty of the sunshine. And for me, winter is the time to, to be quiet, to go within, to reflect, to dream, to write, to vision, to allow this deep listening and scribing, transcribing that wisdom. So I decided to, even though I had invested in this course, even though I started the course, I started the book, I've, it's already begun, I still decided to eat my investment that I had made, which was a big pill to swallow, and postpone, postpone the project until later this year or early next year. So stay tuned on my next book and... This has been a really beautiful teaching for me and a reminder, don't override your intuition. Like when you know it's not right for you, don't pay for it. Don't sign up for it, right? Like it's, it's probably going to come back to bite you in the ass. It definitely came back to bite me in the ass. And then lastly, I also had a trip that I had decided to go on this, this fall or late summer. And... In the weeks leading up to it, I had such a clear experience of hearing my higher self say to me, if you don't take some things off your plate, your body's going to do it for you and you ain't going to like it, right? It's not going to be fun and it's not going to be comfortable. And <laughs> it was this slow process of alarm bells, you know, that were just slowly growing louder in, in my consciousness. And so what started as a very subtle nudge that I actually tried to ignore and override for several weeks became very glaringly obvious. And then the day came when I canceled my flight and said, okay, I'm not going. Uh, even though I had paid a deposit, even though I had plans to see friends, I really had to pull the plug and be okay with it. So I want to invite you, beloved, to take a moment if you feel called and maybe reflect on a few times in your life when you've allowed yourself to quit <laughs> and when that has actually been deeply in service of your highest and best and deeply in service of the highest and best of all parties involved. Because I think having this evidence for us is very helpful. It's also helpful to know 
where you are, if, if you have memories of quitting prematurely, are there also memories where you quit something and later regretted it, right? Or you quit something and you felt shamed or guilty or mm, like, like you could have done better, right? So this, this whole invitation is not to become a quitter and it's not to resist ever quitting anything. Notice the words, become a better quitter. And becoming a better quitter means becoming a better decision maker. It means becoming somebody who can pause in the moment of choice point and choose with forethought and with wise discernment. The song. Truly, love, you don't need to wait for the shit to hit the fan in order to quit. <laughs> and this song is all about that. It is called Soft Breeze. And this is probably my, uh, my, my biggest community song leading hit. <laughs> I've had a lot of people who have shared that a lot of song leader friends share that they love singing this song. I've also had a lot of people tell me that it feels like an anthem for global warming, which I can certainly see. And that's actually not why I wrote it, even though I do love it for that purpose. So the words, the main line is soft breeze blows. You don't need a hurricane to change. And that's the truth, right? You don't need a hurricane to change. You don't need to wait for everything to fall apart in order to change your course, your direction. And recently in my tarot study, I came across a really perfect archetype in the tarot deck that speaks so beautifully to this idea, which is the Eight of Cups. Now, at least on the Rider Waite card, there are eight cups and they are standing and they are full, right? And yet there is a person walking away from the eight cups. And this person kind of resembles the hermit. They've, they've got a walking stick. They've got a long cloak, like a travel cloak. So it's, they're not just walking away to come back. Like they're leaving. They are leaving these eight cups. And it really, to me, speaks to walking away from a good thing. Like, like leaving the party <laughs> while it's still going rather than waiting until that super awkward moment to depart. And there is a wisdom there, right? This is the same energy. And the question is, why do we always wait until things fall apart to throw in the towel or to make the hard decision that we knew we should make all along? So, my love... May this song, Soft Breeze, be a reminder for you and for me and for us that the figure in the Eight of Cups is using wise discernment as they walk away. 
they are making a healthy decision. And in so doing, they take on this clear resemblance of the hermit who is one of the wisest archetypes in the tarot deck. So we flex our wisdom muscles when we're able to walk away from a good thing, not because we're avoiding goodness or because we, we think we're not worthy of receiving it, but because there is a wisdom to leaving while we're still ahead. If we truly listen and trust our gut, rather than second guessing our intentions with our mind, we 99% of the time know exactly what to do and when to do it. Soft breeze blows, you don't need a hurricane to change. Soft breeze blows, you don't need a hurricane to change. Soft breeze blows, you don't need a hurricane to change. Soft breeze blows, you don't need a hurricane to change. Soft breeze blows, you don't need a Soft breeze blow.
hurricane to change. Soft breeze blows. You don't need a hurricane to change. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your presence, for your precious time and energy. You can find out more about me and my work at brittagreenviolet.com. Until next time, may your mythic adventure through life serve up nourishment, courage, curiosity, and awakening. This is The Sage and The Song, signing off.